You are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Travi. Wow, hello and welcome to the Fantasy Whispers Podcast. I'm Big Travi. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm Johnny <laughs> Game Time Hicks, and that is Big Travi on the other side of the screen. How's it going, buddy? You think identity theft is funny, Johnny? <laughs> well, no. I'm I mean, Big Travi. Whisper I, Nation, worry not. Hey, every it's not he he's just a little confused tonight. The Browns got their first win. So Johnny's a little bit weirded out right now. He's calling himself Big Travi. Browns are winning. Who knows what's going on? Everything's upside down. Yo, when when you get into a new lab for for just, you know, you're you're like breaking into a new lab. It's like a just, temporary it just, it, lab. Yeah, it, yeah, my temporary lab. It, it just things just go crazy. So I can't I can't guarantee anything on tonight's show. But what I can guarantee is week three breakdowns of all the matchups going on this weekend. Travis and I are going to take you through each and every single one of them, tell you who to start, who to sit, and who you should bench, and then maybe some deep deep waiver gems. Uh, some deep whispers, or whispers, as Big Travi likes to say. Uh, but first, Travis, how you doing, brother? Doing fantastic, Johnny. We're already in week three. By the time this week's over, we will have um, three games of sample size, which is a little bit better than the two, especially for these teams that were up one week, down the next. I'd like to get three or four games under your belt. So you kind of understand what these teams are wanting to do. Um, so I'm excited to get through these previews and kind of see the action this weekend and then see where kind of some of these guys end up. For sure. But first, Travis, we got to do a little news and notes. Always. News and notes from around the NFL. That's right, Johnny. Our news and notes are brought to you by Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. That's where fantasy meets IQ. Fanatic sponsors us. They tell you you can win the week. You can win the next. You can win your league. This app is great. If you guys have the Apple iOS system, if you have an iPad, if you have a Mac, if you have an iPhone, you can download Fanatic. And basically what they have here is they have the last three games of this player's sample size right there. They've got it charted out, targets, receptions, plays. They also have various news sources right there, kind of set up like all the other guys out there. Uh, but this is kind of nice because it breaks it down in news, in beat writer news, and then in team-specific news. And then also, if you're looking for those quick rankings, you get the Fantasy Whisperer rankings right there if you click on the Players tab. that's Once again, that's Fanatic. F-A-N-A-T-I-Q, and that's on the Apple iOS software. And the best thing is that they are constantly updating that thing, so it's it's awesome. What they're doing over there is really, really impressive. All right, Big Travi, we're going to jump into a little news and notes here. First up, we still have no Le'Veon Bell showing up to any camp or reporting or signing that franchise tenor. How concerned are you that he is actually going to miss 10 weeks? Uh, <laughs> the, the more it goes on, Johnny, the more stuff he's doing outside. He's on jet skis. He's dropping rap albums. He's going to strip clubs. Like This guy's living his life, 
I think he's trying to, you know, he says he's trying to protect his body <laughs> or maybe he doesn't say that, but uh, his agent says that I'm just, I think he's more concerned about the long term here, Johnny. He's more concerned about getting that paycheck for the long term, securing his future. Uh, and I think that that means we're getting closer and closer to a week 10 return than anything else. I will say if you're deep at running back, it may not be a bad idea to go take a look at that Le'Veon Bell owner. Yeah. See if you can't trade with him. See what you can get. Uh, if you can get Le'Veon Bell in return, you're looking at a fresh Le'Veon Bell for down the stretch into the playoffs in fantasy. That could be huge. I just do have a little bit of concern of what his usage will be like when he gets back. Where will the Steelers be at? Uh, wh- how will they want to use him and uh, things of that nature? So stay tuned. No news yet. Uh, they do have the late game on Monday, so maybe something trickles in over the weekend. But right now, um, if he's not back by the end of the month, I, I got to say it's going to be in, at week 10, week 11. All right. We got Marquise Goodwin. Thigh remain limited on Thursday. It's looking like he might give it a go. He sat out last weekend and uh, to, to nurse that a little bit. Travis, if he is good to go, are you suiting him? Are you putting him in your lineup? What What do you think his best outcome is, a flex? Yeah, I like him as a flex. Uh, wide receiver two, desperation. But you got to remember, this is a 50 sack, 56 and a half point over and under. Uh, there's a lot of points to be scored in this game. Uh, so he's worth a, a stab, especially in a game where San Francisco is the six and a half point underdog. They're going to be looking to be throwing and to get back into that game. So if he suits up, I think he's a decent play. And you got to remember that he was he was Jimmy G's favorite target in preseason. I mean, he he targeted him several times per game in the short limited time they were together. So uh, mm. definitely definitely a good thing there. Uh, we have Dalvin Cook remain sidelined at Thursday's practice. Travis, this is this is getting kind of close to uh, close to Sunday. I really hope that the fantasy owners who drafted Dalvin Cook took our advice and also drafted Latavius Murray just in case. But I wouldn't be surprised if they held him back in this game. They're playing the Bills, and I honestly don't think they need him at all to still beat them by 16 and a half, which is their their point spread right now. Yeah, an insane point point uh, money or point spread there. Yeah, uh, Latavius Murray is going to be a surefire RB2 with upside, especially in that map matchup. And he may be a flex play even if Dalvin Cook plays. We've seen uh, both teams that have played Buffalo, Baltimore, and the Los Angeles Chargers both had their running backs. Uh, basically, all four of those running backs had top 30 days. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a, a backfield that can be very, uh, can score a lot of points up against Buffalo. So. Yeah, well, obviously monitor that. But Latavius Murray is getting the go ahead for me. I, I, in fact, in my player stay away column on uh, the fantasy dot com. I put both backs in there as a play. So uh, for me, I, I, I don't mind both backs. So. Is is Latavius Murray in RB one if if uh, Dalvin isn't playing this weekend? He's got RB one upside for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. All right. He's he's RB two. You start him for sure as an RB two, but he's got he's got RB one upside. He's like just at the borderline of RB two. Some quick fire here. We had Alex Collins return to practice today. He was just ill over the last couple of days. He returned. It's looking okay that that he'll be okay to to go on. Are Sunday. you saying that Alex Collins like was really like really 
cool. <laughs> he's ill. No, I've no, no it's not. Uh, he's just actually fact, sick. In fact, I could possibly be facing him in two leagues this weekend. So I hope that sick and that illness kind of. Alex Collins yeah. so sick, bro. He's so sick. Um, Evan Ingram practicing again. Uh, he had an ankle injury. Gronk also came up on the on the injury report with an ankle injury, uh, but it's reported to be non-serious. Stay tuned for that. Josh Gordon still limited with that hamstring. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show when we get to New England. Marcus Mariota practice again on Thursday. You think he gives it a go this weekend, and how confident are you? What would you do to all these uh, pass catchers slash running backs if he is a go? Are you more confident uh, in them? No, I need to see it first, Johnny. Like, I was super excited, really high on Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans coming into this year. Uh, they have done nothing to change. They have done nothing to prove that confidence, especially with him hurt. Uh, it's a nerve issue, so he's having trouble gripping the ball and feeling uh, the ball and making all the right throws because of the grip AC on him. And, and that means downgrade, um, your Tennessee pass catchers, which really right now, the only startable one is Corey Davis, right? Right. right. Uh, so you're downgrading him just a bit. And mm -hmm. if you can look elsewhere, I would. All right. Just a couple more bits and then we'll get into today's show. We got LaShawn McCoy is practicing in non cat on uh, non-contact jerseys. It'll be interesting. You think he's giving it a go? You think he'll go or no? Yeah, it kind of seems like he's doing this whole standoff with the media thing. You see, the media keeps kind of saying, you know, what's going on with him. He keeps tweeting out that he's innocent, which, you know, if he is good on him to protect his name. But if, you know, I just feel like with the injury, he's just kind of doing a big F you to the media. Like, what has he got to prove by playing on a really crappy Buffalo squad? Like, rest up and get better. Like, Should, should he pull a, 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 just quit at halftime? Should he just retire at halftime? <laughs> I mean, that seems to be in the locker room there <laughs> yeah. in Buffalo. I don't, I don't know. Uh, no, I just, for me, uh, I want no part of Le'Veon Bell at all this year. I'm, uh, it's not even LeSean a buy McCoy. low thing. You think oh, yeah, McCoy. sorry. Well, maybe will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. I just don't want any part of him this year. Yeah. And this rib injury doesn't help in any way either. All right. And then last but not least is, well, we have uh, Larry Fitzgerald returned to practice today, but he was limited. If he plays, are you, what is he, a wide receiver two? Yeah, he's to flex wide receiver two for me. And I think you got to start him at home. And I think that Cardinals are in a nice bounce back spot, to be honest. I know the I know the Bears are a good defense, but the Cardinals will be at home. They'll be fired up behind that crowd. They know they need to get DJ and Larry Fitz involved. Bradford knows that if he doesn't, his job's on the line. He knows that. I mean, oh, yeah. that, they're already whispering about it after last week. Oh, yeah. So yeah. If he doesn't perform perform at home and the Boo Birds come out. This is it for Bradford. So I like Bradford to get Fitzgerald involved. He's the only guy there that's worth you know, throwing to right now. Mm -hmm. And I, so yeah, Fitzgerald's a play for me. Well, and, and, you know, being a local here, I also, I, you know, always listen to sports talk radio, obviously. And uh, they, all they've been talking about all week is, uh, you know, how they need to get DJ more involved. Why is he only getting 15 touches a game that he should easily be doubling it that if not more than that. So, I look for him to actually 
get more carries. But we'll get more in touch with that yeah. game a little bit later. But the last but not least is the uh, JHIE has not practiced yet this week. How confident are you going to be in JHI if he, even if he can suit up and play? Are you confident starting him? Uh, what's your confidence in Corey Clement uh, going into this game? Uh, JHI will have flex consideration if he plays simply because it's a great offensive line and they should be in scoring range and he's been their goal line back. So he's, he's a good bet. I mean, you look at last game, he missed a ton of that game with the back injury, came right back in and scored. Uh, you yeah. know, within a couple of plays of being back in the game. So for me, JJ is a flex consideration. But if he doesn't go, man, Corey Clement's like flex with RB2, RB1 upside. Like he, yeah. Corey Clement will be nice if he'll be a really nice play for you. You should feel confident in playing him if JJ doesn't go. Yeah. Like he could win you a week. You yeah, should, definitely. People, definitely. People should have never dropped him if they, if they did drop him. <laughs> They they suck. Wow, you sound like uh, what? Maybe oh. you have yeah. dropped Corey Clement oh, yeah. recently before waiver period. I didn't say that. Um, hmm. Wow. Hmm. Okay. All right, jumping All right. into today's show. Let's get it going, Big Travi. We're gonna start off the people as we were just talking about a little bit just a second ago. The Buffalo Bills at the Minnesota Vikings. This is on the well, road. Hold, hold on, Johnny. Don't just skip over what. Last night's game, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, The All Jets right. and the Browns, dude. Yeah, so it's that was a great, great game. Um, Baker Mayfield got onto the field. I was super excited. I think I think America was just excited. Like, you could just sense it America. in the air. Uh, people wanted him to start. And obviously, doing so really changed the, the entire complexion of this Thursday night game and the feel of this Thursday night game. Because before that, man, this was boring. And I mean that with all due respect. Uh, and, and I'm allowed to say that because I said with all due respect. It's in the Geneva Convention. Look it up. Um, but, yeah, this was this was a little bit troubling. And then, and then Baker came in, saved the day, gave it a little bit of life into that Cleveland offense. I, like, I, I've been saying this all preseason. I really like it. I think it's just good for Jarvis Landry. Uh, you saw him get a ton of targets after he came in. Uh, David Njoku is someone interesting, Travis. I wanted to talk to you about it because there was a lot of hype coming into the, the season with David Njoku. You and I both kind of liked him as a deep sleeper. Uh, however, he's just, uh, you know, tonight he flashed a little bit, but he's not being as used as much as you and I would think. But the surprise might be is that Callaway, Antonio Callaway, is really getting a lot of targets and getting a lot of looks. Uh, it'll be interesting. Baker did not take a deep shot this whole game. So moving forward, what is your confidence in Callaway? If if Baker does continue to start, which I, I, I think like just... Callaway. I liked Callaway regardless. He's going to be a deep threat basically in an offense that loves to go deep. If you talk about what Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley, um, have done in their careers. They love to take shots. I think that doesn't change here um, with Callaway. So if you look at tonight, I mean, he ended the game with 10 targets. Uh, some of that is Tyrod, but a lot of it was actually Baker. He only caught four of them for only 20 yards, but anybody getting 10 targets, you need to look at in fantasy because that right. volume will eventually turn into something. Uh, to touch on what you said with David Njoku, I think what we're seeing here from the Browns, even with Tyrod, is that Jarvis Landry takes a lot of away of what tight ends usually feast on. Yeah. And that's the 
safety blanket over the middle, like the, um, you know, these easy dump off routes. We're seeing these quarterbacks prefer to go to an athlete Jar- like Jarvis Landry, who can make a little bit more out of his catches. Uh, he's that yards after catch kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, David Njoku is really a guy that you would like to see stretch the field down the seam. Uh, but I just don't see that a lot in this Cleveland offense. He he will still have his games with some, you know, a touchdown here or there. Uh, but I think, honestly, I think Landry and Callaway are going to pull away as the guys to own in this in the in the receiving core here. Mm-hmm. And then Carlos Hyde with the monster game. Oh, speaking of uh, Carlos Hyde, I think yeah. we uh, I think we have a little. Uh, Okay, first of Bet all, to, I want to clear I want to clear here. something up, okay? Oh, uh, the yes. Carlos Hyde, the Carlos Hyde hate is not a season-long hate on Carlos Hyde. <laughs> I did not like Carlos Hyde in the matchup against New Orleans, and oh. I was right if he didn't score late. Oh, if he on didn't a BS oh. penalty that put them on the goal line and he got he ran oh, in. Now. Other than that, the Saints had shut him down and he had had terrible yards per carry. Oh, now, this game, now I hear it 23 all. carries. It was great. 98 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, and let me hear it, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Carlos Hyde is the best thing since sliced bread. I get it. Hey, this is what you yeah. get. All right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all the fans. That's right. You get booed. At, yep. Exactly. Rain in the hate. Yep. Hey, don't I'll worry. Take it. If 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 I ever if I ever blow a call like that, I'll boo myself. I didn't, okay. I didn't blow a call. I'll blow. I'll first boo myself. All, first of all, I didn't blow a call. You didn't <laughs> see me writing not to start clear or not to start Carlos Hyde this week. Carlos Hyde no, went this off this true. week. Yeah. It was just Carlos Hyde had a great game. And yeah, getting back to back on topic here. Carlos Hyde had a great week. Uh, what's your confidence in him moving forward? With all that being said. Do you think he is a solid week to week, you know, running back two? Because I, I certainly think he's starting to come off that way, don't you? Yeah, I want to pump the brakes just a little bit on him. I think that this game was good. I think that he's going to get continuous volume, and that's nice. And we're seeing the NFL not rush as much, so anybody getting this volume is good. So yeah, I think RB two flex borderline. He's going to have good games, but he's going to have more games like he had two weeks ago where he's getting 20 carries for 60 yards as well. So uh, just take the good with the bad here. If you've got better, you know, more reliable guys with some upside and you need more upside, uh, I think there's better options than Carlos Hyde. But, yes, I, I think he looked great this game. All right, flipping over to the other side, we'll just touch on it. If you Quincy Anunwal continues to be the number one option for Sam Darnold. He really trusts him. He, he He's a big target, loves to go to him all the time. Um, for these running backs, it continues to be a timeshare. And it's so weird, Johnny. This backfield is so crazy. Check this out. 14 carries for Bilal Powell, 73 yards, 5.2 average. I mean, ripped off a 21-yarder. He looked good, right? Yeah. But Isaiah Crowell had 60, 16 carries and two touchdowns. Okay? Yeah. So he beat him in carries. He only had 34 yards. He had a two-yard average, Johnny, 2.1-yard average. Yep. But he had two touchdowns. So you're looking at the box score after this game and you're going, oh, my God. Or you see the highlights or whatever you're saying. Crawwell's the back to own. It's like every time I watch Powell touch the ball, he's doing good things with it. Yeah. Uh, it's just that the other time, like Crow touches the ball and he scores. Yeah. So it, it continues to be very weird. I think um, I think both are actually honestly, they've both been kind of fine as flex plays because yeah. of Crow's scoring touchdowns. Right. Um, so I think that they're both fine. You look at this game where they only scored 17 points and both of them had pretty good days. So, 
All right, we're going to jump into the new and now the the new weekly matchups. The Buffalo Bills at the Minnesota Vikings. This game is a 41 point uh total here. Oh, sorry, my audio is No worries. Yeah, so the Buffalo Bills at the Minnesota Vikings, 41 point total as Johnny said with Minnesota. This is it crazy to me. Kind of want to throw some money at this. Minnesota is favored by 16 and a half points. Yeah. Uh, you, you think this, the Bills are going to go? I think the Bills, I think the Bills can make it closer than 16 and a half points. Like I, I'm highly considering making that bet. So stay tuned, Whisper yeah. Nation. I might, I hey, might be, if you do, be talking if, a if you do, about. make sure you follow us on Instagram at just search the fantasy whispers. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put a little story up or yeah. something. I'll let you guys know that I made that bet because uh, I'm, 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 I'm talking to my bookie, All right. my bookie Ryan at Ryan Trejo. Oh, okay. uh, I'm trying to see what, uh, see what he's got to say about that game. So we'll see. All right. Listen, Johnny, there's not a single Buffalo Bill on the planet that I would start in this game. Okay. I, okay. I just, I don't know how you can follow up that the bills are not going to lose by more than 16 and a half. That's right. Say I don't trust any, like the points have to go in. I guess you could say you don't trust any of them. It's not like, yeah, that's what I said. I wouldn't start any. Okay. But if, if you had to, if I was like, Travis, if you're going to take this bet, you got to, Put your money on at least one of these players to score. Who would it be? Because I'll tell you who it would be for me. It would be it would be Calvin Benjamin, simply for the fact that I, they're going to be down by a ton. They're going to have to throw the ball. Zay Jones is horrible to just to be kind to the guy and his ego. I apologize. I with all due respect. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it, it, it's got to be. Calvin Benjamin, if you're going to have to start someone in this game, I don't like it. He did catch a, a garbage touchdown last week. He's a big target. Usually rookie court, uh, quarterbacks are going to use that. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm not starting. I'm staying away from this game as far as the Buffalo Bills. I'm not going anywhere near them uh, this week. Nope. And on the reverse side, it basically means you can load up on every single one of your Vikings. Rudolph, yeah, yep. Cousins. Uh, both the wide receivers are studs. I think Cook, this is. I think there's a game. This is a game. One of the few games, maybe, where you can start Cook and Murray if they're both going. Yeah. I think you've got a shot. Uh, like I said, I said at the top of the show, the last four running backs, uh, you know, one and two for each of the two teams that they played. So Kenneth Dixon and Alex Collins versus and then the and then week two it was uh melvin gordon and austin eckler yeah, all four of those guys true. finished as top 30 running backs in that's, fantasy hey, that's a great whisper all right yeah. that's that's awesome so you guys take note uh because basically you're looking at this is a i wish cook was healthy man because this is a game that is spelling breakout all over it he struggled you know yeah. he's only averaged 0.08 yards before contact uh, per rush so for me this was a game where it's like buffalo just like you could gash buffalo but yeah. um either way you're you're right i mean i i think i like that take where they 
you know, Minnesota's looking at this game. They're like, uh, yeah, we're 16 and a half point favorites. Uh, we don't need to put cook in there. Right. Like what's the, what's the benefit of putting cook out there? I, I, right. I don't see it this week. Yeah. So that's a, that's yeah. the only thing uh, for me. You're going to put it out, uh, digs out there. You're going to put Thielen out there. And of course you're putting uh, Kirk cousins out there all day. Let's just hope they don't do what the chargers did last year. Or yeah. Last that, that's the, that's, that's the, the only the downside. To start in any of your studs here is that the Vikings get up by so much they don't need to have those starters in. Yeah. Let's move on. All right. Next game. What do we got up next on the slate so here? The Giants, the Giants play the Texans in Houston. That's a 42 point over under with Houston favored by just under a touchdown, six points. Um, I'm concerned a little bit about this New York Giants offense, Johnny. Not Saquon. Though no. uh, obviously he's a stud, this is this is crazy. Saquon has had thirty six point two percent of his team's yardage. Yeah, that is most by any running back in the NFL. It also shows you because Saquon's not even one of the top five leading rushers in the right. league. Like he, he hasn't been great at running the ball. It right. just kind of shows you one how much they're using him in the passing game, and two how bad the Giants are. That thirty six percent of their offense is running through. Um, through Saquon here. So for me, I think Saquon, yes. OBJ, of course. And Evan Ingram is kind of a must start. Like, yeah. If you look at all the other tight ends that are out there, the 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 downtick in tight end production just to start this year. <coughs> Excuse me. I like Evan Ingram. I, um, uh, on the I flip just, side of the. I, I just yeah, traded go ahead. for Evan Ingram in one of my leagues. So I'm really excited for this. Um, because... I also traded for Evan Ingram in a league as oh. well. Oh, I. That's right. Whisper five right there. That's <laughs> hey, that's when you have two guys really believing in a player. Hey, that's great. So that just yeah. shows how so confident definitely we are. fire up Ingram. It looks like, you know, his his target share isn't what it was last year, but no. he, he doesn't have to worry about Sterling Shepard. Right. He's and basically I, surpassed Sterling Shepard. Yeah. And yeah. they are going to be throwing a ton this year. You mm. can already see it. Their defense is not lining up the way it did two years ago when they were a playoff team. On the flip side of the ball, well, Johnny, I think I, I want to oh, just make this note real quick. I think the major part, and and we this has to be a development throughout the season, is that this offensive line is not nearly as good as we thought it was. Like we knew, I mean, I should temper that because we knew it was going to be bad, but we didn't know it was going to be this bad. And so Eli is not getting the time to set his feet and actually deliver the ball. Because there's been several times where OBJ has been wide open in the end zone and he just blatantly either overthrows him or underthrows him or can't get him the ball. And that's due to the fact that like their entire offensive line is really bad right now. So that is going to be something to watch for. If they can correct that offensive line even slightly, I think we could see better days ahead for the New York Giants, which is why I do buy into Evan Ingram as well as OBJ, if you can get... Well, it, and that's what makes Saquon's floor so high because basically right. the receiving was out through the roof last week. If you saw on our Instagram, we put out target touches every week or our target, uh, target sheets and graphics every week. And Saquon, man, in one had 20 touches. Week two had 25 touches. I mean, he was essentially their wide receiver one last week against yeah. Dallas because he's just getting all these dump offs. So... Yes, to Johnny's point, because of the line, Saquon's floor is incredibly high, which means he's going to have games where he just goes off. 
but he's as sure as you can get as far as running backs. And I think that a lot of these Giants and and as a whole are are down. So you might be able to go to an OBJ owner or go to Mm. a Saquon owner and even an Evan Ingram owner and get them on the cheap because they're not scoring right now. And so people are going to, you know, be like, oh, they're not doing as high or as well as I thought they were. I'll trade them now. And you, you might be able to get them for 50 cents on the dollar. And then in a couple weeks, you know, when they correct things, you have yourself a steal, uh, you know, uh, for, <laughs> for a draft there. All right, Travis, let's flip to the other side of the ball here. We have yeah, Houston. So they're 0-2 as well, right, Johnny? Yeah. So you look at Houston. Both of these teams need a win, but it, this is one of the games where – I mean, I don't think they projected this last week to be down, but they were down to Tennessee yeah. um, last week, which was, was kind of weird. And because they've been down in both games, you kind of see them get away from Lamar Miller, which he's suffered a little bit, yet he's still within the top five in rushing yards this year. Once again, kind of speaks to the position not being utilized as much as, uh, you know, rush, rushing games aren't being as utilized as much. Right. And an interesting take on that, Johnny, is that because of the rule changes – are we seeing these offenses transition even more to using running backs as wide receivers? Because basically these, these defenders cannot hit them like they used to. Right. So they have to basically, uh, they can basically take defenders out of the game, so to speak, uh, by using their running backs more as receivers. So just an interesting note there, but I just seen Lamar Miller kind of suffer uh, due to the Texans being behind. But this game projects them to be up and to be favorites. So I kind of like Lamar Hill- Miller here a lot. Mm-hmm. And as well as Deshaun Watson, again, finished his week last week. You know, it took him a while to get there, uh, but he finished it with a good effort. Concerning note here, Johnny, is that Deshaun Watson has been pressured on 47.6% of his dropbacks. That's number one in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that offensive line is shaky. Yeah. And it worries me. It worries me about Deshaun Watson. Not in this game. I, I really like Deshaun. I think uh, the Giants have only pressured on 1.7% of uh, – they. Oh, I'm sorry. They only have a 1.7% sack rate through two weeks. That's the lowest in the league. So yeah. they don't pressure the quarterback. So it's almost as if Houston can kind of breathe that sigh of relief. They can take this week off. How are you feeling about your Houston Texans offensive weapons, Johnny? Um. So Nuke, uh, he he had uh, Hopkins had uh, he's been on the injury report all week with the same foot injury, this mysterious foot injury. Uh, he played last week. He had a very very solid game. I I expect him to play again this week, uh, especially because they're going against the Giants. OBJ that kind of like who's the top dog of the wide receiver class. I expect him to be battling it out. Um, as far as Will Fuller, I am starting this guy. And I know that uh, Travis, if we if we dial it back, we, we were having this debate in preseason, you know, when we first started talking about fantasy and, and where you can draft. And at that time, Will Fuller and Chris Hogan were going around the same time. And to be honest with you, like both of I, uh, both of us, we we thought, you know, Chris Hogan, for sure, better uh, uh, court, you know, more consistent quarterback, I should say, uh, with Watson being up in the air and on how he would return and just his health. But I'll tell you what, when when Will Fuller is in there, man, he is so good. And I think he's even better than last year. He's improved his route running. So he's not so touchdown dependent like he was last year. You saw it last yeah. year. He had to, it was either like boom or bust because it was he was catching a 60-yard bomb or he was 
catching nothing. Last week, they moved him all over the field. Um, it kind of made me a little nervous as a uh, Hopkins owner. I was like, oh, no, like not as much target and not as many targets. But I think if, if we see Deshaun Watson slowly get back to even somewhat what he was last year, I think that and he's going to need guys, Fuller to get there. Right. He's going to need. Fuller. So I would argue, you know, yes, I understand that you get troubled by another wide receiver coming in. And it's that little bit of jealousy. Like, I don't Yeah. What? You can't take my targets. Right. Uh, I, I get that to myself. Yeah, I get that. I just think that it actually benefits this offense so much. I think that Bill O'Brien can do so much more as a play caller if he can have Will Fuller in that game, even if it's using him as a chess piece to get Hopkins open. And I think nobody understands that more than Deshaun Watson. You know, if you look at those yeah. games when he was primed and ready in those seven games last year, he had both those guys going and both of them were scoring touchdowns. Both of them were putting up yards. So, uh, I think that that offense is great with Fuller in the lineup, especially with the deep effect. Yeah. Um, so I, I fire him up. And speaking of fired up, we're going to move on to the next game. The Green Bay Packers are coming into D.C. to play the Washington Redskins. Yep. Johnny, this is a 45-and-a-half point over under, with Green Bay only being favored by three. So honestly, there are some points on both sides of the ball here, which is to be expected because you know we have some decent offenses here, at least as far as their bread and butter. Uh, Rodgers is going to be facing a tough road task. He's hobbled by the injury, but I just have trouble doubting this man's ability. I have trouble doubting his fantasy worth. He didn't see the touchdowns last week, but he also had uh, at least one of the Jimmy Graham touchdown was taken off the board on a phantom holding call. Uh, yeah, I'm still bitter, so don't ask. <laughs> uh, anyways, I think if you look at it, though, this is a tough matchup. Washington is only is allowing the lowest yards per completion with 8.1. So what does that mean to me, Johnny? Uh, that means I like Jimmy. I like Cobb again. I, I, I was a little bit off last week because it wasn't Randall Cobb. It was just more Jimmy. Last week, we actually saw Green Bay use Jimmy Graham the way Jimmy has been used before Seattle. And that was on those d deep inseam routes, those boundary routes. He was actually used moving um, down the field sp speedily. Uh, so I, I kind of like Jimmy here. I think that until further notice, I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of unlocking some of the, the secrets of Jimmy Graham here. Mm -hmm. um, I like Randall Cobb and I like Devontae Adams. Um, I love Aaron Rodgers. And uh, as far as the Washington side of the ball, Johnny, is it really anybody besides, you know, Jordan Reed and, and Chris Thompson for you? Uh, no, those are the only two that I'm starting up and I'm firing up with confidence. I haven't seen the connection with with uh, Crowder, uh, which a lot of us, we, we thought that that would be his perfect target. It really hasn't built that chemistry yet. And, uh, you know, Josh Doxson is just too inconsistent as well as Paul Richardson to either either have confidence in either one of these. So uh, I'm not rolling out any of those. The only two is Jordan Reed and uh, and Chris Thompson here. Even Adrian Chris, Peterson, he does scare me a little bit because uh, that Green Bay Packers D line is, is actually not too bad. Um, yeah, and, it's actually pretty good. And it's deep. They can yeah. rotate a lot of guys in and out of there. Yeah. Um, so it gets a lot of flack, but it's actually 
I think people just discredit the whole Packers defense based on the secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defensive line actually has a lot of weapons on it, and it was Pro Football Focus's number one rated run defense coming into the year. So yeah, so uh, uh, Chris Thompson. Note on Chris Thompson, he's the number two uh, running back for for receptions this year. So uh, we talked about how Saquon was used as basically the wide receiver one. Chris Thompson got an insane amount of targets last week. Right, um, which isn't – it's not really surprising considering <coughs> what he's known for and then who his right. quarterback came in, uh, check, right. check down King. This uh, was always a possibility. If you listen to us in the offseason, we had talked about how Chris Thompson fit Alex's, Alex Smith's style so well. The question was always Chris Thompson's health, and he came into the year saying not till November – uh, right. If this is not him fully healthy, till I can't wait to see what November's got in store. Right, exactly. So mark your calendars. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're 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 starting CT for sure. Yep. All right. Uh, Moving on to uh, the the San Francisco 49ers at the Kansas City Chiefs. This oh, is yeah. in a Vegas high of fifty six point five points, and. Kansas City is not favored by it. They're sorry, I can't read my show notes. Yeah, here. Kansas City's uh, favored yeah. by six and a half points here. Johnny, I'll okay. help you out here. Yeah, sorry. So Kansas City's favored here, big home favorites in a high over under. I'm good with all the Chiefs. Like we were with, I'm good with all of them. Even Sammy Watkins. I know people are gonna say was that an aberration. No, I don't think I think this is what they had in mind when they picked up Sammy Watkins. Yeah, they be. paid him big money, Johnny. They want to use him. They used him all over. They gave him a jet sweep. They used him deep. They used him short. They used him in the red zone. Like they love Sammy Watkins. They paid him all the money. They're going to use him. I think they're going to use all these weapons. And God, do they have the quarterback to do it? I mean, Patrick Mahomes has just been throwing darts out there. And it doesn't matter. It was nice to see last week because obviously the first game you're like, oh, I don't know. It's all the Tyreek Hill. It was all fluky. It was all in the basically got hand gifted all these touchdowns. Then he comes out and he's not throw. He doesn't just throw four. He throws six, Johnny. And they're yeah. all to these different. They're to his tight end and Kelsey, man. Kelsey could have had four touchdowns in that game. Yeah, that, like, was, that was pretty they're, crazy there. They're, they and it's not like San Fran's boasting this crazy good secondary, Johnny. So. Uh, obviously Vegas sees it's a 56 and a half point over under you got Pat Mahomes. You're rolling him out there. This guy may have not even scratched the surface of what's capable in that offense. If you dive deep into some of the stuff they're running, uh, and I've been looking at a lot of the film, um, Patrick Mahomes is a very exciting prospect. This whole offense, you need a piece of this offense. I've been trying to shop around and get pieces of the offense in, in different leagues. That includes Sammy Watkins. Um, I think he's and the cheapest I, one to get too, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that he's he's a guy that could end up. And you're looking. We were talking about the Will Fuller DeAndre Hopkins relationship in Houston. Obviously, there's more weapons in in Kansas City, but Watkins is a nice play. Mm-hmm. <coughs> That's going to have wide receiver two, wide receiver one upside every week based on that offense putting up those points. Yeah, they have. They just have so many weapons. That's why I think it's so sustainable for. Mahomes because there's yeah. there there's literally a, an option at you know 
tight end, a top tight end. You have a top wide receiver. You've got a top running back. You've got even your second wide receiver, too, is a top wide receiver. You know, he could be a number. You put him on the Arizona Cardinals. He Sammy Watkins is uh, number one. Um, I mean, that's that's another thing that's, you know, we haven't even touched on. And that's the fact, you know, Kareem Hunt has only been targeted, I think, five times this year yeah. out of the backfield. How, what's your um, concern level with Kareem Hunt? We had a, a question today on Instagram. A, a Kareem Hunt owner was asking us. I know, just think that based on they don't have Alex Smith anymore, Johnny. Right. It's so they don't need to rely on, right. on the dump off. We just talked about Chris Thompson and all of those targets last year or last week, right? Yeah. Because of Alex Smith, because he doesn't feel the need inside himself to press it down the field. Mahomes knows he can go down the field and, and Reed loves that about him. Reed wants to go down the field. And so there's no need for them to dump off. So here's what I'll say about Kareem Hunt. I think his floor is a lot lower than it was last year Mm -hmm. every week. And we've seen that already in week one. Do I think his ceiling is okay? Yes, because I think they will be in scoring range a lot this year. Mm -hmm. They'll be similar to new England and to Philadelphia in, in years past where they're going to be in scoring range, and they're going to not be throwing to Travis Kelsey five times in the red zone a game. Right. Like, that stuff's going to even out. They're going to give some handoffs to Hunt. Yeah. I like Hunt. Keep Hunt. Do not sell Hunt. He's going to be a main back on a very high-scoring offense. You don't give that kind of stuff up. All right, and then on the other side of the ball, we got the San Francisco 49ers. Um, we talked about it in the news and notes. Goodwin expected to be back. Uh, we talked about we would play him if he is back. Um, but we need to dump into the number one rusher. And, yes, I said the number one rusher in the and National that. Football League right now, and that is Matt Burita. Travis, what is your outlook for the rest of the season? Are If you're a Matt Burita owner, are you looking to sell him high right now, considering he's yes. probably not going to get any higher than this? Are you holding yes. on, or are you, or you, uh, what do you? What, so you're you're trying to trade him? Yeah, I want to sell him. I want to sell him high. Um, it's a real shame. I have to admit this on air. We're in a league of record, <laughs> me and Johnny, where I own Matt Breida, and I've been trying to shop him around. <laughs> but all of <laughs> our friends probably listen to me, <laughs> raving about the number to- <laughs> one running back in the league probably listen to me on the podcast and telling me to F off. But no, here's the deal. Matt Burita is not built for the every down roll. We can see it, and the Niners still see it. You look at that game last week where he went off, they still gave more carries to Alfred Morris. Mm-hmm. But that isn't to say that Burita isn't going to... We haven't seen Burita really be used in the passing game at all yet. Yeah. And we know he can catch the football. So this is a game I like him in. He's coming off hot. If he stays the hot hand, he knows he's got to stay hot. The Chiefs have not been anything to be afraid of against against the run. And, uh, yeah, I like him in this game. If you've got him, you're going to be wanting to look to trade him off. I just think the Lions made Breida look really good, and the Chiefs could make him look really good, too. You get him against a really tough defense. Uh, you're not going to be seeing the same kind of production in my mind. I just he I don't I just don't think he's built for it. He's got the playmaking ability. You know what? Don't get me wrong. You know what's really sad is it would have been amazing to see Jarek McKinnon in this oh, offense because you're seeing what what Burita could do, and I and I think we both agree that 
McKinnon's vastly better than than Breida is. So it would have been, I, I think. Yeah, well, he's if, a more well-rounded athlete, right? Right. He's got the same playmaking ability, but he also was a bigger back. So right. the idea was that he was more durable. Right. Uh, that yeah, idea so is not right. Right. So. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on. Yeah, moving on to, to the a much one. more durable back, oh. and that's Marshawn Lynch. He plays for the Oakland Raiders, uh, and they are going all the way coast to coast. They're going to play the Miami Dolphins. Uh, who are favorite or I'm sorry, who are favored here by three in a 43 and a half point over under. Do you believe in Amari Cooper, Johnny? Like he has this big bounce back game, but is this the same old song and dance? Are you going to roll the dice and put him in this week? You know, what was interesting is that he was 10 for 10 last week. And I think that John Gruden is, is realizing, Hey, this isn't the same old NFL that I remember. And I think he was forced to change his, his ways a little bit. And I think he, he, we saw it by them bringing back Martavis Bryant, who whether or not he gets suspended, that's that'll be for a different show if it, if it comes up. But I, I want to focus on the fact that they bring back a now a field stretcher. So that takes away the ability for you know, th- him to be double teamed or, or put someone over the top. Uh, th- they started using Jordy Nelson a little bit more in the slot and moving Cooper around, which I really like. So am I 100% confident that Cooper is back to what he was two years ago? No, because I think it's, it's, he's so significantly better than any wide receiver on that team that I think teams will still not be afraid of Martavis Bryant and, and uh, Jordy Nelson. And so therefore they, they might still roll the coverage over there. But is this give me hope that, you know, after the first week I was like, Oh, this is the same old Omar Cooper. I'm so glad that I didn't have him in a league. And, you know, after last week I'm like, okay, maybe I was a little too quick to judge him a little bit because I liked what I saw I thought he looked great. I thought he was going up and catching the ball with both hands, and uh, they used him in a lot of ways. They they got him the ball. So for me, it's if I have Omari Cooper, I'm holding him, and I want to see it. If I am trying to trade for Omari Cooper, I I would be a little hesitant. I don't know if I'd over. I would offer something over the top for him. But I am definitely intrigued, for sure. Travis, where are you at with Amari Cooper? I'm probably looking to sell Amari Cooper. Listen, I think I was wrong on the Oakland offense. I thought I had a lot of hope for this offense. The pieces, a lot of the pieces were still there. The offensive line, Marshawn Lynch, Derek Carr had an almost MVP season. Uh, I thought that with an offensive mind like John Gruden, they would be set up. I think Gruden's a couple years away from getting what he really wants out of the Oakland Raiders and uh, Cooper just scares me. I think he's going to be very volatile yeah. uh, and it, it's hard to look at it right now, but a guy that I thought was not as safe as Cooper and more volatile was Brandon cooks. I am now completely flopped. I would take Brandon cooks over Amari Cooper every day of the week. And I think it's not even close as far as safe. I think the floor is w- so much higher. Yeah, well, for that, Brandon Cooks, that that Rams offense is just 
in yeah i mean it's good so that, it's, that it is a lot. it there was no regression for them i mean yeah. there's probably some regression if you look at it statistically but yeah. as far as a flow of an offense so that's that's where i'm at i'm okay. concerned with marshawn lynch johnny i think his inefficiencies are being covered up due to the touchdowns that he scored mm-hmm. and i think that people are trying you know i would try to sell him based on the fact that he scored and he'll be a goal line back i think that this offense is in trouble um, I don't see many games and, and they don't have a lot. Of, they don't have a high win total this year either at only eight. So right. they'll have some games. I just don't know that you'll be able to predict which games they are. I'm not I, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that I would sell Marshawn Lynch. Uh, he's still averaging three point nine yards per carry. You're still seeing him carry people like he did four or five years ago. I just think that they need to give him the ball more. And I think that the if you look at their opponents over the first two weeks, They've really been behind uh, really quickly. Well, I mean, the, no, not, not, in the Denver not, game. not in the Denver game. Yeah, but and I'm not saying. not technically in the Rams game either, because they opened that game. They were ahead. Right. Uh, but then they got, they did they have got, to. They did have to abandon the run, right. I think, in probably both games based on the game flow, though. So I think um, that when when you see Marshawn Lynch get a healthy dose. Yeah. I mean, if you want to hold it another week or two, my concern is that this offense doesn't get the boost it needs to. And you're going to be sitting with a guy that like is going to be hard to sell. And so for me, well, um, I mean, he's going to have Marshawn Lynch is going to have a, a bad he'll have game the name this, value. at least. Well, he's going to have a bad game this this weekend because Miami is actually good up front. And so I don't expect it. I mean, he might score another touchdown, but I don't expect him a monster game. Uh, if yeah. it continues into week four, then I will get concerned. Um, but for now, I, I'm saying put on Marshawn Lynch. I, I believe that. This offense will get a little bit better, and I and I think that they will know. Hey, we got to run the ball with Marshawn a little bit more. But on speaking the- of running the ball a little bit more, Kenyon Drake comes yeah. into a matchup. Uh, this is a prime matchup here. If he didn't, you know, get a bunch of carries siphoned off by Frank Gore, uh, it would be an even better matchup. But you're looking at Oakland, who gave up 265 yards total over the first two weeks to running backs. Mm-hmm. So we talk about how the league hasn't rushed that much, right? Because we have a bunch of crazy, no-name running backs that are the top rushers in the league. Well, Oakland has been giving up a lot of rushing yards. And so if Adam Gase is looking at the film, he's going, Kenyon Drake and Gore are going to get some touches in this game. And they've actually been using both of them as such. They realize that the one complements the other. This offensive line has been better than people thought. They've opened up a yeah. lot of holes. Um, I like this to be a big run game for both Drake and Gore. Could I don't know that you're starting Gore, but Gore could have a decent game here too. All right, uh, Kenny Stills, you starting Kenny Stills? No. Well, there's a dart throw flex appeal for Kenny Stills, but I just don't think we're going to know. This is probably going to be one of those receiving cores where you're not going to know who it's going to be week to week. Yeah. Tannehill and Gase love to say they love Stills, but then last week, you know, even in Stills' big game, he only saw four catches. So yeah. uh, not huge volume. You're, you can't really trust it. All right. We're going to move on to trust. Do you trust Andrew Luck and the Colts as they go into Philly? No, but you know who I do trust? Carson Wentz? Yep, I do. I do (laughs) trust him. I trust the medical staff to say that he is healthy to play in this game. He's already come out and said that he's not going to let the injury hamper the way he plays. He's going to use his legs as weapons just like he did last year. However, I'm a little bit skeptical on that because everyone will say anything, and then as soon as they get hit, 
cha- things change. Um, so don't I don't expect him to run as much as he did last year. However, I do see an uptick in this offense. Uh, I am a little bit concerned, and I'm and I will tell the hesitation of starting Wentz this week. I understand Indianapolis does not have the best defense. I understand that uh, normally I would say start all quarterbacks against this defense. However, with the circumstances that are surrounding this situation, I would say hold off on this week. See how Carson Wentz is. Um, you, you're talking about an offensive line. It, Peters was injured last week. Uh, left tackle. They're one of the best left tackles in football. I, I haven't seen too many injury updates on him as well as uh, these offensive weapons. Like he's going to be, it's going to be Zach Ertz. I'm 100% sta- starting Zach Ertz. He's going to get, I wouldn't be surprised if he got 12 to 15 targets, to be honest with you. Uh, Jay Ajayi, which we talked about earlier. Corey Clement, I think is going to be a starter either way. Because yeah, I mean, he, the, the Eagles are hurting so bad they had to sign Jordan Matthews. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at, um, Nelson Aguilar, who gets a ton of targets every week, but is putting up, you know, minimal yardage. Right. Um, that is the concern I have, Johnny. I yeah. trust Carson Wentz. I do not trust his pass catchers until yeah. Alshon Jeffrey gets back healthy, until um, they can clean up the running back situation when Sproles and Ajayi can get back, when they can have the full complement of what they had last year with all these different weapons. Mm-hmm. then you can see Wentz maybe touch what he did. And he was already a candidate for regression, even with right. all the weapons. Yeah. Um, so you're you're just seeing a team that is going to have to rely more on their defense. And, you know, I think you hold on to Wentz, but you, like Johnny said, you can't really feel comfortable starting him. Right. Whereas on the other side of the ball, T.Y. Hilton, man, becoming that no doubter, we kind of thought he could be with Luck as the quarterback. Yeah. He's seen 11 targets and a touchdown in both of the games so far this year. Don't love the matchup, but love the connection between T.Y. and Luck that I'm starting T.Y. no matter what. Although, monitor him because he's now missed two practices in a row with a quad injury that he has said is is no big deal and the team said is fine. But, you know... um, the, the point to make here, though, is that Julio Jones and Mike Evans both had big days against the Eagles. Yeah. So you're you're good with firing up Hilton here. And then uh, one last question before we move on to the next team, Travis. Uh, a lot of people are trying to decide whether they should start Jack Doyle or Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron yep. gets the touchdown. Jack Doyle is the yardage guy. Which would you prefer in this matchup? So if you guys aren't reading rotoworld.com, you should. Uh, they put out a, uh, you know, a bunch of good pieces. One of my favorite stats I read on that site is that Ebron has ran 81 routes. Or I'm sorry, Jack Doyle has, around 80, has ran 81 routes, and Eric Ebron has only ran 34. So what you're seeing is Ebron has scored. Mm-hmm. Okay, he scored these two touchdowns, and you're saying, oh, my God, is Ebron the man? No, Doyle is still a guy that's a getting Doyle more routes. rules. <laughs> getting more routes, getting more targets. He's a part of the offense. You're just seeing a committee. And listen, Ebron can't score in every single game. No. Uh, it's just not mathematically well, likely at all. I mean, people I mean, would have said that People would have said that about Ertz last year. And Ertz went into like week 12 without or with a, a touchdown grab. But he but, didn't score in every game. No, I'm pretty sure he did up until like week 10 or something like that. 
We'll, right. we'll look it up. We'll but look it then, up. But I agree, though. The, I agree. Yeah, I agree with your, your assessment there. So I, I'm just saying Doyle is the guy to own. You're not feeling great and sexy about it, but Ebron can't keep up that touchdown uh, dependency. All right. And, or can't. it's not sustainable. Okay, moving on to the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a 39.5 over or under in Vegas. Gross. With uh, Jacksonville 6.5 point underdogs at home <laughs> no uh, jacksonville is six and a half point favorites sorry yes yeah that's yes. right yeah but Thank yeah like uh, that's, so, the, that's the point here it's a low over under yeah and jacksonville is score is favored basically by just under a touchdown i am only looking at one titans guy maybe and that's Dion lewis for yeah. me johnny uh tell me if i'm wrong here can't Especially with the Blaine Gabbert, Marcus Mariota thing, I can't trust Corey Davis. Uh, Jonu Smith came in and did nothing in in re, uh, response to the uh, Delaney Walker injury, and so you know. And then Derrick Henry, man, this guy is going to be solely dependent on games where the game script plays out in their right. favor, and I'm not seeing a lot of those coming up on the schedule this year. So for me, Derrick Henry is a guy you have to. Either see if somebody who is running back desperate will trade you yeah. or just kind of hold on to and wait for the right matchup to I'm, play. I, I'm going to do it, Travis. And I <laughs> and I was an advocate for Derrick Henry yeah. this this summer. I'm I'm hitting it. Danger alert. Dude. Danger alert. Yep. <laughs> like I am. I like you said, I am trying. If to you guys have been some... listening to us, if you guys have been hardcore Whisper Nation people since yeah. the beginning, you'll remember an episode where me and Johnny started talking about Dion Lewis and Derrick Henry. Yeah. And man, Johnny's blood just boiled when I said Dion Lewis was going to be the guy to own. Watch out for Dion Lewis. Yeah, he could overtake Henry here. Well, I mean, I thought in, in pure, I thought it was going to be the first ever split of the fantasy whispers, and we you know we made it through. We made it through. We did. We made. But but uh, just I don't well, want to yeah. say it out loud, but I will. I told you so. Hey, you can't be you can't be right one hundred percent. It's only two weeks into the season, but I told you, you can only be you can't be right one hundred percent of the time. But what well, I will say here. Is that yeah, Dion Lewis, we, we saw what James White did last week. He was still startable. Um, he got you, I believe, uh, ten fantasy points, something like that, and PPR leagues a little bit more. However, I so I, I do think that Dion Lewis is kind of game script proof. So that's why I like him here. I am not starting anybody else though. Uh I am benching uh Corey Davis for sure. He Ramsey will be lined up. We saw what Ramsey did against uh, Gronk, which was one of the best wide. I'm going to call him a wide receiver because that's what he really is for the New England Patriots. Locked him up. So I'm staying away from that offense as a whole, except for Deion Lewis. If I have to, if I can prevent and and I have a better starter. Uh, So question, would you do Goodwin, Big Travi, Marcus Goodwin, or Deion Lewis if it's your flex? Ooh, give me, I got to take Lewis only because Goodwin's coming back from the injury. Although it's close. It's close. Uh, Lamar Miller or Deion Lewis? Lamar Miller. We have Lamar Miller in our consensus top 10. Uh, Uh, Lamar Miller. Buck Allen. Lamar Miller is a stud. Buck Allen or Deion Lewis? Deion Lewis. 
And then last one, Philip Lindsay or Dion Lewis. Ooh. Uh, Dion Lewis. Wow. It's just it's a pedigree thing for me. Yeah. I. You want to do a a whisper whisper wager? Uh, yeah. I'll I'll take. I'll do. I'll I'll do a wager. Okay, so I'll take. We'll just do standard. Chugging five beers here. <laughs> standard. Wait, why are we doing standard, dude? Let's do PPR. You want to do? We can do PPR. I'm fine with that. Oh yeah, we can do PPR. Yeah, Lindsay's gonna catch out of the backfield, so it's okay. So uh, that that's fine. So P- we'll do PPR <laughs> rankings. We'll get we'll get our PPR we we'll get our PPR side of things in in here. We got to throw it out to them every once in a while. So Dion Lewis versus Philip Lindsay. PPR this weekend. Whispers. You got it. There you go. Whisper right. wager of the week. Whisper wager of the week. We got to come right, up with a drop. Move, if any of our along. fans want to come up for a That's drop, a if, yep. if you come up with a drop of what our whisper wager drop could be, we will. if it's the best one, we will put it in the show. It will Send your a- drop to John Hicks at the fantasy com. If you have a Awesome drop for our whisper wager of the week, or D or uh, DM me, DM me on uh, oh, DM the fantasy. Slide, yeah. slide on into those DMs slide at the fantasy whispers uh, on Instagram. Yep. All right. So uh, I'm just on the other don't want to skip over the the last yeah. bit of news here. Actually, Jacksonville is in a nice spot where you can fire up a few people, right? I, yeah. I wrote about in my player stay away article. I really like Blake Bortles this week after he's coming off that hot game. I like a bunch of his matchups coming up in the next couple of weeks, and it starts again here in at Tennessee or in Jacksonville against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny is. Keelan Cole, a no doubter going forward as the number one in Jacksonville. Um, I want or s- do we think it's going to be like a week to week thing where it could be any one of these guys? Because he's got kind of a, an arsenal of weapons here. Yeah. Um. So for me, I don't think it's Moncrief. I don't think Moncrief is the answer. We've seen what Moncrief is, and he's really not that good. Uh. I mean, he's a, he's a good he's a starting wide receiver, so obviously he's good, but. When you look at the uh, physical attributes of the other wide receivers in this trio, DD is super talented and he's super fast. He's got great hands. So yeah. for for DD, I I like him over Moncrief. Oh, sorry, my mic is funky here. Um, so I like DD over Moncrief. Um. And for me, I want to see it one more week out of Keelan Cole. I think if he performs this week, then I'm for sure. If he finishes as an, a wide receiver one this week, I will say you'll you'll hear me open up on on two on Monday's show saying Keelan Cole is a wide receiver one rest of season if he can do it this weekend. Again, we saw what he could do. Um, we've seen it dating back into the end of last season. He was a wide receiver one over the last few weeks when Blake Bortles went off. Uh, he's got the talent. He had an amazing one-handed catch, probably the catch of the year so far. Um, yep. So for me, I, I do ha- hesitate as of right now, if you had to ask me right now, uh, because I think Didi actually has the ability and he's playing more in the slot. And so I, I think that he can see a lot of targets. But at the same time, Keelan Cole might not need a lot of targets in order to be very, very productive. So it is, and we've seen this offense 
carry a wide receiver one, uh, a la Allen Robinson a few years ago. He had 14 yep. touchdowns and over uh, 1,100 yards receiving. Do I think that's in the realm of possibilities for Keelan Cole? Yeah, but I will be more you know definite in that if he does it again this weekend. What about you? Yeah, like I said, uh, in my player stay away article up at the fantasywhispers.com, not only is Blake Bortles a start for me, Didi Westbrook is as well, because you just look at the Titans and they have averaged 86.9%, or I'm sorry, they've given up 86.9% of opposing teams' air yardage to the wide receiver position. That's number one in the NFL, Johnny. They're getting gashed by wide receivers. They just got off getting gashed by Hopkins and Fuller. I like Westbrook. I like uh, Keelan Cole here. And the last point on this game is that if Leonard Fournette or Yeldon, whoever gets to start here, you're gonna whoever's oh, the starting running back, you're gonna fire up, no yeah. doubt. So okay. uh, we'll we'll definitely keep you posted on that. Leonard Fournette did return to practice, but it was very very. And just limited. remember, if you guys are looking for that quick fix of your lineup decisions and news and notes and stuff, come to the Instagram page or the Twitter page, but the the Instagram page for sure. We have stories going up and we go live every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. where we're giving you all the news and notes. Time. New uh, Pacific Standard Time. All the news and notes. Um, <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> all the news and notes. It's Pacific Standard Time. Don't forget that, people. All the news and notes you need for the day and any lineup questions that we get throughout the week. Uh, we like to filter those back into the show there so you guys are prepped and ready to go. So moving on, one of the games and one of the news and notes we'll be covering from Sunday is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Carolina Panthers. That is a 44-point over-under, 44-point over-under, with Carolina favored by three points. Bengals' defense has been quietly good, Johnny. They'll have a real test here, though, with Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. Um, But, you know, for the Bengals, on the offensive side of the ball, I love the usage that Bernard's going to step into. Yeah. You talk about last year when Mixon was out. Giovanni Bernard had 20 touches for just, uh, you know, he averaged 20 touches a game and just under 110 all-purpose yardage in those games. Um, so I like him to step into similar usage this year. They were giving Mixon a lot of the love. Um, Bernard was pretty much irrelevant until Mixon went down. I like this to be the same situation here. Um so, yeah, Bernard steps right into an RB1, RB2 borderline role. And then when you look at uh, A.J. Green, you're rolling A.J. Green out. What do you think of Tyler Boyd? Are you rolling him uh, out? Tyler Boyd is a stash. I'm not rolling him out in this one. You look at Carolina, they're usually good in the secondary under Ron Rivera. <clears throat> they're usually okay in the secondary under Ron Rivera. So um, I'd like to stash Boyd. I want to see it a couple more times because they love John Ross. They just haven't got him going yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just kind of see what happens. All right. Listen, Christian McCaffrey may not be getting the rushing love that we thought, you know, this coaching staff hyped up, but he has 35.2% of Carolina's target share as a running back. That is insane. Yeah, yeah, I mean, insane. Antonio Brown and OBJ in their peaks got about 30% of their team's uh, target market share. You're seeing CMC get 35% of this team's market share. I cannot stress to you enough how safe his floor is, and I just feel like he's moments away from having a blow-up game. <laughs> and maybe that's because I've drafted him in so many <laughs> leagues, and I need him to have a blow-up game. No, but 
really, I think that his floor is super high. And I wouldn't panic because he's not getting the rushing usage with Greg Olson down mm. and not a viable tight end in this offense. Christian McCaffrey is the go-to here for that passing offense. Funches for me, is worth consideration, but I do not love the matchup against Cincinnati. We talked about that defense has been quietly pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jarius Wright is a name to watch, Johnny. Yeah. He's kind of gotten – he knows the offense. He came over from Minnesota when North Turner was there. Um, he is a guy to watch because he he kind of knows this offense. So well, and, stash and- him. I, w- I wouldn't play him this week, but stash him and, and – Keep an eye on him. Yeah, and Cam Newton trusts him. We've seen him yep. over the last yep. two games. He's gotten 12 He had a targets. beautiful touchdown in the last game. Yeah. If you saw, he just kind of sat down in the soft spot of that defense, got the touchdown. Yeah. Okay. All so, right, moving uh, on, we have the Denver Broncos at the Baltimore Ravens. That's a 43.5 point over under with Baltimore favored by 5.5 points. We just talked about him, Johnny. Yep. Philip Lindsay has officially moved away from that annoyance to Royce Freeman owners to standalone star question mark. Uh, like is I've been saying this the last few episodes. I think that this is the poor man's uh New Orleans Saints offense. And I think that both Royce Freeman and uh Philip Lindsay can be fantasy relevant, obviously. In the right games. In I the think. yeah. I don't think you can do it each and every single game. I mean, maybe they can. Um, but I yeah. I, I think in the right matchups you can roll them both out there. Certainly through all the matchups this year you've been able to do that. So uh and, and I think that this game is no different, to be honest with you. The Baltimore Ravens defense isn't that scary as we thought it was week one. Um, you know, they're losing their middle linebackers left and right. Uh, so this defense is getting worse and worse by the week. So for me, I would actually be confident in rolling out both uh, Lindsey and Freeman in this in this game. If you need uh, on on those, I think Freeman I do have outside my top 24, though. So it would be more of a flex option play there. Um, yeah, we talk about how weird it's been for rushing in the NFL in these first two weeks, right? Because Philip Lindsay is yep. third in total yardage. Yep, exactly. But he's also second to Joe Mixon with 15 carries for more than five yards. So this is a guy who's ripping off Gasher runs, obviously because he's third in total yardage. But mm-hmm. this guy's got a special, unique thing to him. Um, so keep an eye on Philip Lindsay. I like him. He's got good upside. Especially he's taken over for a guy that was so touted uh, in Royce Freeman coming into the year. I mean, this guy just basically usurped him and said, no, hold on, bro. Uh, Hold my beer. Watch this. You know, Um, I'm still holding on to Freeman if I have him. Yeah, not giving him up. Um, Or if you can go to the Philip Lindsay owner and sell him on to him and potentially, Mm. uh, you know, gain something from that. I think that's a great move as well. All right, on the other side of this ball, tra- or oh, well, hold well, on, I want to yeah, talk yeah, about sorry. the wide so, receivers. Yeah, so we talk make, about we'll Emmanuel Sanders, uh, fourteen of fifteen targets for two thirty, two hundred thirty-one yards. Um, this is one of the few things I've been right on all through the offseason and into this year, and that is that Emmanuel Sanders is the truth, mm-hmm. um, and and that his play style fits with. Case Keenum very nicely. It's a nice pairing. Um, I see Denver as underdogs and struggling in this, and they're fa- they're underdogs by five and a half points. I could see that Case Keenum leaning on Sanders again, um, 
in this game as a guy that kind of he needs to chip away at, at a as a at a deficit. I'm not loving Demarius Thomas so far this year. Just hasn't looked like that threat that we've seen before. Um, but you're still starting him here. He's still getting a lot of targets. He's just dropping a lot more balls than usual. Um, so I, I think there, I think there are, are better days ahead for Demarius Thomas. I don't think that he has the upside that I thought he had coming into this summer, but, um, he is going to be a safe wide receiver too. I, I think that by the end of the season, he will be a back end wide receiver too, uh, on most weeks. All right, um, when we look at the other side of the ball, we'll run through it real quick. John Brown, starting him, he looks great. He looks like the yeah, number he's like one that option wide there. Re- he's that wide, re- wide receiver three uh, with some upside every week. Uh, love John Brown. He was the talk of camp, and then he came in and basically – uh, did what he, you know, people talked to you, you, you hear this every year, right? Oh, he's having a great camp. Well, this guy had a great camp. Now he's having a great year so far. So, uh, hang on to that. You'd like mm-hmm. to see him get more targets in general, uh, more of a target share of the offense, but he has been their red zone guy. Surprisingly enough, he's not, he's led the team in red zone targets. So that's kind of a strange deal as a, as a small wide receiver as he is. Alex Collins usage has been more frustrating than having to stand in line at the DMV, Johnny, like Alex Collins has been a terrible player to have on your roster because Baltimore just like, what did Alex Collins do to John Harbaugh? No, it's just, it's just, they didn't, they're not invested in him significantly. So they, and who are they invested in, man? Buck Allen, dude? Like, no, what the hell, they, dude? They seem to hate all their running backs because they have yeah. goo-goo eyes for uh, Kenneth Dixon. Who, Who's dead. Who, yeah, who consistently Jesus. fails them as their stepson. But, uh, but we they, talk about this game. We talk about this game as Baltimore being favored, which means Collins should, by all means, I don't know what this means, but he should... Uh, be set up to get some time chewing up the clock here in a lead that they protect. The game script sets up nicely. I don't know that you're like, oh yay, I'm starting Alex Collins. We. I. Uh, I would choose. I would choose. I think the Broncos are going to win this game. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think the Broncos are going to be three and zero after this weekend. I mm. like Baltimore at home on ten days rest. Yeah, give me Baltimore. I'll do a whisper wager oh. on this one too. All right, whisper. I'm gonna is it like. Right. Do I got to drink all these beers in one episode? No, I mean we'll space them out for you since uh, since you. you didn't do one. But here's the thing: I get the points, right? No, I'm not giving you the points. You're not what? You just said they're gonna win. Yeah, I do think they're gonna win. You but wait I want the until points. after you drop the, the whisper points. to be like you want the points. Of course, I want the Come points. Come on, dude. No, of course you won. I'll take it. I'll take it. I think they will win. I'll bet up, you Buffalo doesn't. You. I bet you Buffalo doesn't uh, get beat by sixteen and a half. Hold on, actually, right. let me te- yeah. hold on. Uh, let me text my bookie. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to this next game here. Uh, as time runs short here, so we got the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. This is a fifty-three point over under according to Vegas. Boom, baby. Atlanta Points. is. Favored mm-hmm. by three they're points. By three yeah, they're points. at home, so yeah. they, they give them that three-point edge. Listen, Michael Thomas, 
the greatest thing since sliced bread for the New Orleans Saints. Man, this guy. He has the most catches through the NFL history through two weeks. 28. Okay. 28 catches through. Like, that's insane. Okay, so He's here's my question for you. Here's my question for you, Travis. Most in the NFL on routes with 37.9% target okay. by his quarter. Here's my question to you. You think that this continues, or do you think this is just while Mark Ingram is out on uh, suspension right now? Do you think once Mark Ingram continues? Because would you— I really would, don't know. I would have said— <sighs> Preseason, I would have said I I would believe it, right, based on that narrative, right, where the narrative is that Mark Ingram, um, while he's out, they're going to throw, throw, throw. But I honestly think I'm wrong on the Saints because I think their defense isn't as good as we yeah. thought it was. Yeah. Here's what happened. Last year, everybody thought the Saints' defense would be bad. It surprised people. It wasn't bad. It was good. Now you look at the Saints, and this year I people are saying – but it's, it's really good. Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so my thinking is, was it really ever good or did it just overperform last year? And it did it make up with a, you know, Lattimore was never really a lockdown guy. He was a, a risk taker. Yeah. He's a risk taker. Like he, he jumps routes. He does those things. He's like, a risk taker. Heartbreaker. No. Whoa. No. Nah. Was, that, uh, was Whisper Nation Johnny, ready for that? Johnny just took a big ri- Johnny just took a big risk right there. Yeah, I did by by sing, by singing that. And I sounded but anyways, like a combination. Of I don't know. I don't know that. I think it may be sustainable just on the fact that the Saints' defense may be worse than we thought it was. Okay. Speaking of things being a little bit different, Alvin Kamara hasn't been a great rusher this year, no. but his floor has been so high due to that pass catching ability. It's great here in this matchup. They just the, you look at the Falcons. They just allowed 15 targets to Christian McCaffrey last week. Mm-hmm. So fire up Alvin Kamara. Fire up Alvin Kamara with all faith. I'm really interested to see how this shakes out with Ingram being back. But I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal because I think they actually thrived off of each other's presence last year. Um, so you're going to see maybe something similar there. Will they be able to run with as much volume as they did last year based on that defense? We'll see. Yeah, uh, that's down the line. Julio could be in line here for another big day. You look at his games against Marshawn Lattimore that, you know, mm-hmm. that we just talked about cornerback for the Falcon or for the Saints. Last year, he had 12 catches for 247 yards in those two games total. So he may not need to score because he's going to put up uh, a good amount of yardage here. You'd love him to score. But once again, Julio is a yardage monster. Right. Okay. And, well, and he's getting he's getting averaging like 12 targets a game. So and yeah, I mean not as not in last week. It was a little well, weird, but that's what I said. But a, yes, that's what uh, I said. Average, yeah. average. Yeah, means, right. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, another guy to watch though is Ridley. Is yeah. he a red zone option? If Julio is not, then who is? Right. Could Ridley end up being a guy that that kind of vultures, so to speak, touchdowns away from Julio? I think Ridley is a, a stash in you know twelve or fourteen or sixteen. Uh, league or, game 20, or twenty or twenty four <laughs> or thirty two <laughs> team leagues. Or uh, yeah, uh, but I think that he's a stash. Um, he saw four targets last week, um, but he obviously got in the end zone and and he had a he had a good game. So he's definitely someone that I am kind of intrigued by. As if I have that extra spot, I think that you could do a lot worse than uh Calvin Ridley just to see. I think this offense 
We saw it last year with Sanu and Julio Jones. So I, I definitely think this offense could support it. Uh, Tevin Coleman. Yep. Is, moving on. Is, oh, yep. You're, I'm surefire. Uh, Tevin Coleman, you're you're firing up. He's our RB four, RB five on the on the week, I believe, uh, according to our projection. So we're firing him up. Next up, we got the L.A. the Battle of L.A. Travis's head's gonna California. explode here. Uh, L.A. Chargers at the party. L.A. Rams. Is it? Or I could even say that this is the L.A. Rams at the L.A. Chargers. Um, forty-eight point nah. over under in Vegas, and of course, Vegas has the Rams favored by seven. No surprise there. You're starting all of your guys on the Rams. Let's be honest; it's going to be uh, uh this is going to be a great shootout game. I'm actually excited for this game. Um, so you're starting all, you're starting Gurley, you're starting um, you know, Cooks and and all your wide receivers. But when we go on to the Chargers side of the ball, you're obviously starting Melvin Gordon, who is just been really, really good for you. If you're a Melvin Gordon owner this year, uh, you're loving what you're you've been getting so far. He didn't have the most yardage total last week. Nobody um, had yardage. Nobody last had week. yardage last week, so I'm not going to hold it against him. Uh, Eckler, are you? Uh, he had a good game last weekend, but you see that more as a result because it was Buffalo and they were way ahead, so they put in uh, Eckler. I don't, or I don't you, know because in the out? Kansas City Chiefs game, he kind of had standalone value too. This is one of those things where this is Melvin Gordon's potential last year with the chargers mm. because if they don't like what they see in this final year, he's never been a very high end productive back. He's right. just had a lot of volume. So if they don't like what they see, they could move on. Are they trying to showcase Eckler to see what they have in Eckler? Mm -hmm. um, it's an interesting point to make. Uh, I think Eckler is a stash. Mm. Hopefully if you're a Melvin Gordon owner, you picked up Eckler because it's looking like he will be very productive. If Melvin Gordon were to go down, uh, standalone value, not sure unless it's one of those blowout wins where they're favored by more than a touchdown. Uh, I wouldn't like him in this one, not against. Although, it's interesting to point out that Jalen Richard had a big day against the Rams in week one. So maybe in the right circumstance, really high dart throw, you'd be putting Eckler in a super deep league at a flex position. Okay. Um, because... The Rams defense, their one weakness is at the linebacking position. You saw them get gashed by Jared Cook. You saw them get gashed by Jalen Richard, but um, we'll see there. Love Keenan Allen. Temper your expectations in this matchup. Yeah. They have two elite corners over there in uh, for the Rams. However, uh, if one guy's going to beat that kind of shutdown corner uh, play, it's a guy like Keenan Allen who we saw him kind of beat uh, up on Richard Sherman in Richard Sherman's heyday, we saw Keenan Allen able to be able to get points on him. But speaking of tempering expectations, I put Philip Rivers in my stay away column, and that is simply due to the fact that I am not necessarily benching him, but I'm telling you, do not expect what you normally get out of him here. The Rams have smothered quarterbacks yeah. this year. They have not allowed a single passing touchdown yet, and they have gotten four interceptions. So uh, they are looking like an elite defense that they put together. Um, so I would just be warned about that. Moving on to another good defense. That's the Chicago Bears who are going to Arizona. Johnny's backyard to play the Arizona Cardinals. The lowest point total per Vegas in the 
NFL will be this game at 38 points with the Cardinals underdogs in their own building by six points. Yeah, we're not very good. We're just, (laughs) I mean, you're starting, it's quick, it's easy. You're starting DJ. I'm not worried. I think he's going to get the ball plenty. I would actually make him a trade target if you can. I would go to the DJ owner and try to get him because this offense is going to funnel through him. If Josh Rosen comes into the game, I'm even more confident, but I think Bradford makes it through this game, unfortunately, uh, before he's benched <laughs> before next game. You're starting Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, when you look at the Bears' side of the ball, you're going to start Jordan Howard. He's a monster. Um, but the question comes, uh, I mean, you're going to start Allen Robinson. He's looked really, really good so far. He's looked like the number one target for Mitch Trubisky. The big question here, Travis, is uh, are you – Trey Burton, how concerned are you? Uh, I'm very concerned. And the reason is not Trey Burton. I think Trey Burton is very talented. I think Trey Burton would be very good if they had more than a guy uh, in Mitch Trubisky that basically looks like a very talented athlete that throws the football to one guy in Allen Robinson. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, for me, I loved Burton coming into this year. He was a bromance of mine. I drafted him in quite a bit of leagues. Uh, not a fan of the way he's being used in this offense, at least by his quarterback, not by his coach. All right. uh, moving on, the Dallas Cowboys will go to Seattle, who looks to get right after their loss to Chicago on Monday night. This game has a 41.5 point over-under, with Seattle favored by barely two points, one and a half points. Uh, so not even the full complement of a three-point home advantage. Yep. Zeke is all I feel comfortable starting here for the Dallas Cowboys. I know the popular stream is the Dallas defense here mm-hmm. against Seattle, but Seattle is at home. I, temp- I, I tell a lot of people that have been asking me about this defense to maybe have some caution here. If anybody can erase a defense's points, it's Russell Wilson at home with nobodies. Yeah. He does it all the time. Man, he did it to the Packers in multiple playoff games with guys that you've never even heard of that he's chucking the ball down the field with. So for me, I know it sounds a little hocus pocus and it's magic with Russell Wilson, but Johnny, you know, you're, you're a Cardinals fan. This yeah. guy will escape the pocket and throw a 60 yard bomb and you'll be going, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Then, um, so for me, usually just Carson Palmer comes right back and he wins us the game, but Carson's oh gonna, hey, yeah, yeah, shots hey, fired! Yeah, Somebody, shots fired. Say, hey, so wake up, my, wake my, up! My question, my question for you is: uh, Do you feel confident in, shar- in starting uh, Penny or Carson? Carson was said to be the number one back last week, no. but then Penny came out and he had ten touches, which was more than Chris Carson. It seems like Chris Carson is kind of in the doghouse a little bit. Uh, but do you feel confident? Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. I think I think Pete Carroll actually knows that he has to use Carson based on the GM or I'm sorry, Penny. Penny yeah. Based on the GM drafting him. He may not want to um, and he may have to make up excuses in order to do it. Uh, but I'm not starting either of these because. Uh, Dallas. They're pretty good on defense. They're pretty yeah. underrated on defense, so. I'm not starting either of these guys. If you have to start one, I'm starting Penny, and I'm not feeling good about it um, either way. Russ should have a bounce-back game here, Russell Wilson. I'm not starting anybody else on Dallas, and I'm not starting maybe Lockett, maybe. 
for a yeah. flex a deep, consideration. Yeah, deep if you're flex. in a deeper league and you need a flex um, spot, I like, I like it. Yeah, if if you're forced to start somebody. So moving on, the Patriots on Sunday night will face uh, their old defensive coordinator and Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions on Sunday night football with a 52 point over under. New England favored by just under a touchdown at six and a half. Listen, we have caught a bad rap on the internet uh, because we continue to have votes of confidence in Matt Stafford. Listen, if you listen to us, he is my bromance uh, for the year. It's a bad rap because of that New York Jets first game where he got rocked. But the bottom line here is Matt Stafford is throwing the ball 50 plus times per game. His wide receivers are studs, all three of them. That we're going to have a year where you're going to be sitting back and looking like, oh, wow, they had all three of these guys inside the top 25. I yeah. guarantee that's what, how this year is going to finish. Yep. The that's defense is, is horrible. And they are going to be down in pretty much every game and having yeah. to throw. And you saw it last week. Stafford nearly had six touchdowns like Patrick Mahomes. And that's because he overthrew Marvin Jones on at least four routes, four go routes. Um, I mean, I texted Johnny in the wee hours of the night, you know, when I was doing my game rewatches and Johnny can show you the text logs where I'm going, what the F, uh, what happened here? Marvin Jones got overthrown four times on touchdowns by Matt Stafford. Yeah, I am. I am good with you rolling out Matt Stafford. We have him as our consensus. Number one. We just think the numbers line up here. Um, and he is going that to be chucking a ton. more than Matt, Pat- or, uh, uh, Matt Patricia. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I'm okay on the flip side of the ball. The Patriots are going to know what Patricia wants to do. Right. As far as offensively, uh, Josh McDaniels is going to want to know one. He'll know what the defense is doing and I'm okay. Starting all your, your pair, even kind of Josh Gordon in a, in a weird flex deep league you're gonna like yeah. throw him in there we it's, saw him on one catch get a touchdown he did it in the week one yeah he doesn't need a lot of usage this is who that guy is he's a big play guy i, I guess can, all your i could literally see a an outcome of josh gordon one target one yard for a touchdown like yeah. they they literally get to the goal line and they just put him in and be like see this is exactly why we got him is because of this and he you know has one catch for a touchdown, and, and that's his stat line. So I'm okay with it if you need it. Uh, anybody else that you're interested in this? Uh, I mean, Gronk, you're starting Gronk. Uh, Burkhead, which one Which one do you feel the most confident in starting, Burkhead, White, or Sonny Michel? Most confident, White, I guess, just yeah. based on usage. Um, I like Burkhead here, though. I think this is a bounce-back st- spot for Rex Burkhead and his stock. Um, I think Sony Michelle is being worked in the way he was because of Burkhead's injury. Mm-hmm. If Burkhead gets in full practice and is good to go, I think all these guys, like you're going to see closer to what we thought was possible. You look back at last year in that eight game stretch, Johnny, where Burkhead was actually healthy, him and Dion Lewis were productive together. And yeah. I think that is the dream here with the new England um, running back core is that they can be productive together. And I think that's possible, especially in this game where they're favored by six and a half mm-hmm. with 52 point over and under. I'm good with starting either or. All right. And Moving finally on to the last game we're going to preview. And that's the Monday night game, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, this is a 53.5 over under. Hey, in can Vegas. we just talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick for a second? Sud. The internet and rightfully slow. So 
loves Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. I mean, the guy's post-game attire is incredible. The guy's beard is incredible. The guy is throwing darts. He's throwing touchdowns. He's throwing fireballs like he got the flower in Super Mario Brothers. This guy is ridiculous. I just want to give props to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I was incredibly wrong last week. I want to apologize, Whisper Nation, for steering you away from Ryan Fitzpatrick in that matchup against the Eagles. I was wrong. Okay. Hey. I was I was incredibly wrong. Can't be and right 100% of the time. Uh, but as a man who knows he was wrong, I am firing up Fitzpatrick this week. If you read the player stay away article at thefantasywhispers.com, you will see I have Ryan Fitzpatrick right there, ready to rock and roll. Whoa. I think. <sighs> Flippy. That escalated quickly. <laughs> I mean, that really That's right, man. Yeah. yeah. Might have to stop you there. <laughs> but I will say you can roll out pretty much everyone on both yeah. sides of the ball here. 53.5 point over under. Pittsburgh only favored by one point. Yeah. Vegas is buying into Fitz Magic. And why not, man? He's surrounded by great weapons. Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, OJ Howard's really good. Yep. Godwin uh, is getting in on Godwin, the mix. Chris yep. Godwin's great. Yep. I like everybody here. The Steelers D has not been very good, and they're going on the road here. Roll them all out, baby. Roll them out. All right. right. Just like that, we went through all of the matchups. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If this was your first episode with us, thank you so much for joining us. Go ahead and head over to any uh, platform you get your podcasts on. Go ahead and search the Fantasy Whispers. You can get all of our latest episodes as well as hit us up on YouTube. We got all our videos posted up there. And like us on Instagram, Facebook, follow us. We will do our Instagram lives before games as well as on Sunday mornings before the morning games kick off. uh, Getting you those last second lineup decisions. All right, Big Travi. That's our game preview episode well done buddy all right everybody all right we're out we're out i'm johnny game time hicks and that's big travi until next time peace peace thank you for listening to the fantasy whispers podcast you can hear more from john and travis on google play soundcloud and itunes you can also follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at tf whispers All right, I got to get to bed.